Warning, this podcast contains heavy spoilers for not just one movie, but entire franchises. We highly recommend going and watching these movies before listening to us as a companion piece that stitches all the timelines into one creepy, crime-ridden story. There will be no more spoiler warnings. We do not break character. After this, there is no turning back. You've been warned. Hit the music. You are talking about the nonsensical ravings of a lunatic mind. It's alive! It's alive! It's alive! favorite type of shampoo don't say it babe this should be easy <laughs> cannibal head and shoulder got it <laughs> <laughs> so an inmate went missing and his cellmate a cannibal claimed he had eaten him the warden didn't believe him so the cannibal finally threw up his hands out of frustration True up. <laughs> oh, yeah. All I could see was a guy with his hands up in the air in my head. And did you hear about the missionary who went to visit the cannibals? No. He gave them their first taste of Christianity. <laughs> <laughs> Hello and welcome to It's a Live Alive podcast. This is a true crime paranormal interstellar podcast covering unbelievable stories that sound like they were ripped straight from the pages of a Hollywood script. I am your host, the man of many names, the outlaw Harley Ray, the bruiser Bronston, Dr. H.R. Smokenstein, THC, or you can just call me Josh for short. And with me as always is my very own screen queen, the perfect combination of beauty and brains, the gorgeous, the sniffling Amy Rose, Amy, I'm you're sniffling. <laughs> you're dying. I'm not going to sniffle into the microphone, don't worry. Uh-huh. I won't sniffle into the microphone. Oh, it's that time of year again. You just do it yourself. I know, but it is that time of year again. <laughs> it is. Fucking kids went back to school and now everybody's dying. That's great. <laughs> One of our kids has already gotten a week off of school from sickness and now you. Now me, yeah. <laughs> I'm getting a week off work. And I'm just tired. <laughs> but I'm tired because it was my own fault. I stayed up all, all night watching wrestling. Yep. Because American listeners, wrestling is on at normal times for you. But for me, it is it usually starts on one in the morning. Yeah. And I had to stay up to see the debut of Edge, the rated R superstar. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what else I can't wait to see? Mm. The Toxic Avenger. Oh, yeah. Finally Which got is some. not out this week. No, I thought it was coming out this week. It, it was at some film festival, all right. Yeah. But we got a teaser trailer. And it looks like uh, they're not going to... Because I was wondering what they were going to do with Peter Dinklage being Toxie. Yeah. And Toxie being so big. How are they going to play that? But from the look of the teaser trailer, Toxie is going to be Peter Dinklage height. Yeah, but my or, thing as is... as I like to call him, fun size. If I was making a teaser trailer, I probably wouldn't show you full-size Toxie if he's going to start off. It, yeah, but they didn't show him. They showed a silhouette. But um, they did shoot it from above, below, looking up to make him look bigger. But I still reckon they're going to keep him as as is fun size, okay. fun size Toxie. Yes. <laughs> but I can't wait because I do love those old trauma movies. I mean, we watched all the Toxic Avengers. We did. Toxic 1 all the way through to, I can't remember, was there four of them? 
they all kind of run in. in yeah, they do. Same bit. with um, the class of Nukem High. Even though the first and I second are my favourite. Yeah, they're all... And class of Nukem High was good. And then the third one was where the guy who played the main guy in the second one came back as his son in the third one. And then it was just kind of the same which, again. Which, which ones was Ron Jeremy in? Oh, Ron Jeremy's in a lot of trauma movies. Oh. Kind of makes cameos in a lot of yeah. them. Yeah, he's kind of like a manager in one of them. Not a manager, but he was... He They're was, always yeah. small, small parts, uh, like, you know. Yeah. He's never, he never really had a big, big part in any of their movies. But Ooh. because trauma would have been that low-budget, kind of sleazy, kind of graphic gore kind of style, mm-hmm. he would have fit the kind of... The image. the image no obviously I'm sure now that they know what he he doesn't really, really fit like, the image anymore he probably won't be invited back for any more trauma I, like, well, well, he, I don't jail. think he can like, he's, he's, he's <laughs> tomorrow, guys. Hey, old dirty bastard managed to record his past for, for uh, a Wu-Tang album from jail I'm but sure he's a, he was a recording artist Ron Jeremy <laughs> I'm still is, seeing is. pictures and videos of fucking Tiger King coming out of jail Constantly. Yeah. Oh yeah, that guy's constantly. Oh, do you remember the photo of them lining up? Not lining up, but there was three of them, wasn't there? And the two big black guys on either side of him. (laughs) He looked well protected inside. That's because he's usually in between those two big black guys in a different way. (laughs) They're gonna spit. Josh. The Tiger King living his best life in jail. <laughs> oh god! And he wants to. Is he? Does he still want to run for president when he gets out? Can he run for president now that he's a convicted felon? I don't felon? think you can. I don't think you can if you're a felon. Oh, he 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 he's really pissy with uh, Trump for not pardoning him. I'd be pissy with Trump for pardoning me as well, to be honest. Out of all the people that Trump did pardon, you think that fucking Tiger King... Well, I think Trump was trying... would have been, like, the final nail in the coffin for him, I reckon. So I'd say it was a last-ditch attempt to kind of keep mean? credibility. Oh, okay. You know, which yeah. he had lost a lot of, and, you know, deservedly so. It didn't really work, did it? <laughs> well, you don't know. He's coming back again. Is he been nominated is he going to be in the next election can he though because he was he had to turn himself in he was arrested like he was he was but he hadn't been convicted of anything has he not not yet no I think so because uh, oh, meant to remember himself there was Giuliani they all within a few days of each other had to turn up at, 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 at this jail yeah yeah well look I'm sure he'll make some attempts to come back again mm. in some way Oh, that's a horror Trump. story we should cover. <laughs> Do you know what I want to watch is that yeah. movie? What was it? The Trump versus the Illuminati one. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm. When I was having a look at the the Illuminati episode, and uh, <laughs> I was looking at documentaries, and and that movie popped up. It got <laughs> oh, like be four, three point that. something maybe on uh, IMDb. <laughs> yeah, I'd be up for watching that. It was so weird. Remember the last day we set in space as well. Sorry, just to. Remember when we threw on the old episode of Saturday Night Live and it just happened to be the one with Trump just before he was elected? It was so unsettling. Oh, I didn't like watching weird, it. It wouldn't it? Like it just didn't feel it. right it felt after. Awkward. It felt disjointed. I just it, it, I felt it, sick watching it. Do you know what it felt it? like? Yeah. It, it felt like it, it, if you had went back to the year 2000 and watched an episode of Saturday Night Live with Osama bin Laden on it just before tw- yeah. <laughs> 2001. <Yeah. laughs> exactly. The worst part for me was when they did, do you know the, uh, the Drake video? And it's all I paid very little room. attention. I was script writing oh, at the time, so no, I was he kind was of... dancing like Drake and doing the whole kind of shuffle thing, and it was one of the worst things I have ever seen on TV, ever. 
Do you think he's ever done anything with his daughter? No. He fancies the whole. I think. I think he's. I think he's weird like that. But I don't think. Creep. mm, (laughs) As much as I don't like him. <laughs> I don't think so. I'm surprised she Ivanka was very as well on balls down him, or is Ivanka his daughter? Which one's his daughter? Which one's his wife? One of them is. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm surprised the wife didn't bolt after. Uh, I thought the kind of rumor was that once the presidency was over, she was going to get. Oh, older. that's Melania. Melania. I yeah. see Ivanka and Ivana. I think they're mother and daughter. I just don't know which one is which. I oh, think. I don't know. And then Melania is the current wife that hasn't, surprisingly, like you said, done a runner. I remember the time they ran a storyline in WWE where he bought, he was supposed to have bought the WWE from under Vince McMahon. And for two weeks, Trump was the owner of the (laughs) World Wrestling Federation. And he used to be, um, like, uh, money was falling from the sky. Legitimate money. They were $1 bills and all something like that. But they were, like, just dropped over the audience and all this kind of shit. I feel like strippers. (laughs) (laughs) Making wrestling even cheaper than it already was at the time. (laughs) It ended with the battle of the billionaires. They each got to pick one wrestler each to wrestle from. Uh. It was Bobby Lashley on Vince's side and Umaga, who'd be uh, Roman's cousin. Uh, Roman Reigns' cousin The Rock's cousin oh, on yeah, the other yeah. side for Vince and the loser got the head shaved and Vince got his head shaved I remember that I and then he wore a do-rag that. for about six months oh, after that oh that's cringe <laughs> don't that's like a, that's like a, a, your man with the with the baseball cap to make him look younger oh what's saw on saw yeah <laughs> Oh he god Or Dexter With his shitty little wig That makes him look like a teenager Definitely <laughs> took about 10 20 years off that man Oh god And then we were talking about As well I wanted to talk about my theory What theory? My theory about What's her face from Murder She Wrote Is it Jessica Fletcher? Well she's a mad serial killer Well she, I think I think if you look at it right I think it's a missed opportunity And I think It's a story I will look into someday but she was at, I'm going to look this up, Murder, she wrote. This woman, between 1984 and 1996, was at a total of at least 264 murder sites. No one ever suspected her. The woman who was there every fucking time. That's fair enough. I don't know about much about Agatha Christie, but as in, in if you're going to say that about Jessica Fletcher, are there others? Maybe this is another conspiracy we need Maybe to start looking into. Maybe this is a kind of... <laughs> <laughs> Agatha Christie. Uh, 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 oh, no. We finally uncovered the real Illuminati. <laughs> a bunch of 80-year-old writers. <laughs> <laughs> serial killer writers. Instead of a serial mom. What? Serial your grandma? Serial <laughs> <laughs> grandma. Sweet little old lady that slashes you up. Pretty sure that's called Mother's Day. Good movie. I was just about to say it's called Keeping Mom. Also Trauma. Oh. Mother's Day is. I don't know about Keeping Mom. What's Keeping Mom? Keeping Mom is uh, Maggie Smith and she uh, moves into this caravan at the front of her kind of estranged daughter's house. It's comedy uh, kind of thriller. And uh, she's actually a, kind of a serial killer. She, there's not a bad bone in that lady's body, to be honest. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> we'll check it out. <laughs> it's good. 
You're on Atkinson, but, isn't it? But I'm telling you now, I am going to start looking into this Jessica Fletcher case and see what she connected to the 200-odd murders that she so-called investigated and solved. Because if she was guilty of the 200 and whatever it was, murders, uh, some of those would be in states with death penalties, meaning the people she framed would have died, which would nearly double her actual murder count. Nah. But I'm sure that the FBI... How is it a coincidence? Co- you're telling me it's a coincidence that she just happened to be there every time someone got killed. She was good at her job. <laughs> 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 so breaking good. the story before it even happens <laughs> or making the story making the story <laughs> but I suppose before I start looking into Jessica Fletcher and her uh, possible conspiracy and web of murder and lies mm-hmm. I better um, answer some questions and uh, finish off the conspiracy of the Sawyer clan yes please So, when we left off last week, the Sawyer family had suffered their first real defeat. The older brothers were now all dead, with twins Nubbin and Choptop killed during the pursuit of their prey, and Drayton Sawyer killed by the state of Texas for his crimes. Not all the older brothers. Bubba's still out there, yeah? Apologies, I'll rephrase. Officially, all the older Sawyers were dead, because officially Bubba, a.k.a. Leatherface, didn't exist. Mm. No, according to Texas lawmen, the monster known as Leatherface died with Drayton Sawyer in the gas chamber, thus ending the 13-year mystery that was the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. What the lawmen didn't count on was that there were reinforcements coming and the next generation of younger Sawyers were cruising rural Texas looking to pick up where their older brothers had left off. Last week I said this was a mystery story. Who were the Sawyers and what was their motivation? I promised to explain more about that this week, covering their background and what led them to become such feral animals. I suppose now is as good a time as any to get into it, because if last week was a mystery, then this week it's all conspiracy, with weird twists and turns to the Sawyer tale as we get deeper and deeper into the history of the cannibalistic clan. So now I'm going to preface this with a little disclaimer. As I said last week, the Sawyers were not the social number type and the family was off the grid for generations at this point. So all the information here is stitched together from a lot of second and third hand sources, stories told by locals who knew them as the strange family in the community. So I can't stand by all this being fact. A lot of this is my own interpretation of the information put in front of me. And shit, if I'm to be honest, some of it is my own theory. And what might have been going on in this conspiracy. Okay, so it's, it's an informed opinion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, that's a good way of putting it. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so Earl Sawyer was born, allegedly born in 1849 in the rural area of Newt Murto in Hunt County, Texas. Absolutely nothing is known about Earl's early life, except that when he came of age, he began working in the local slaughterhouse. Local legend says that Earl's skills at killing and butchering cattle were unmatched and he could put down a cow with one swift whack of a sledgehammer. At some point before the turn of the century, Earl met and married a woman only known as Luda May Hewitt, name presumed not proven. And together they had their first and only child, a daughter named Anne Sawyer, in 1907. Okay. 
Now again, that name, I'm not 100% sure on. It was the only thing I could find online. It's the best I could do, so that's what we're going with. Luna oh. May. <laughs> yeah. I know it doesn't make for a great story either, but unfortunately, again, not much is known of Anne's early life due to it being the early 1900s and the Sawyer's, and the Sawyer's staying well off the grid. Okay. What we do know about Anne, though, is she will go on to sire seven, maybe eight boys herself in the future. The first of those being Drayton Sawyer in 1920, when Anne was only 12 years old. That is disgusting. The poor girl didn't stand a chance. Who's the, who's the father? Just like everything to do with the Sawyers, the answer will disgust you. It's believed that while giving birth to Anne, there were complications, leaving Luda May unable to have any more children. Actually, that's putting it lightly. Luda May worked on the meatpacking section at a slaughterhouse. That's how she had met Earl. The story that goes around is the boss in the slaughterhouse was a slave driver, and maternity leave wasn't really a thing. So at nine months pregnant, Luda May was still working 12-hour days. One day, she just keeled over, began to bleed from below, and an emergency birth was performed right there in the slaughterhouse. Jesus. Obviously not the most hygienic location for a birth, and it was a messy birth. Luda May was lucky to survive, but untreated infection later was the cause of her infertility going forward. I bet they had the right tools, though. Disgusting, Amy. <laughs> <laughs> this was an unacceptable to Earl, as he wanted a big family full of boys to help him start his own farm and slaughtering business. The way he saw it, Anne caused the damage, so Anne would have to step in as a replacement. All the better because she was young, meaning she would be fertile for years to come, allowing him to spread his seed for mm. generations to come, and that is exactly what he did. That is nasty. <laughs> to say the least. As soon as Anne's first period rolled around, she had her father on top of her. Only 11 years old and at that time, and nine months later, she gave birth to Drayton, her first son. But due to the age difference, they felt more like brother and sister. This was a scandal at the time. Although they were in off the grid, they were still part of the small Newt Murto community. Earl, still a respected worker in the slaughterhouse, and in a small area like that, everybody knows everyone else's business. It was known that after Anne's birth, Luda May was left infertile, yet here, 12 years later, is another Sawyer child. Obviously, they tried to play it off as a miracle baby that Luda May was blessed with. Mm. But in reality, the town people knew the truth and Earl's reputation was severely damaged. Locals say Luda May was mortified and became a shut-in, and that's where her backstory ends. She wouldn't be seen again until her body was recovered from Texas Battleland in 1986. Jesus. After Drayton, it would be 25 more years before another Sawyer child was born. My guess is Luda May must have died in the first half of the 1940s. Mm. I'm thinking the embarrassment of Drayton's birth caused her to put her foot down and probably kept her in line for a while. But as soon as she was gone, he was right back at it with Anne, now 38 years old. So was the 11-year-old rape once offered? Do you think he continued to abuse her afterwards and just made sure that she didn't get pregnant? No, look at who we're talking about here. It's the Sawyers. I have no proof, but I'll bet the house on it that he never stopped abusing that girl. Yeah. It was around the time that Anne became pregnant with twins Nubbins and Robert that the slaughterhouse changed with the times and began to use more humane ways to slaughter the animals. This enraged Earl, who enjoyed his job way too much if you ask the locals, and feared the rise of automation in the workplace, causing him to quit and take his son Drayton with him. Drayton had begun working there in 1933 when he was only 13 years old. Oh, he was young. 
This, according to Drayton, was known as the family shame, and with no work and a growing family to feed, the Sawyers slipped into poverty and into depression. That's when the idea of cannibalism entered Earl's head. According to a cellmate of Drayton Sawyer, it said that when Drayton was asked why the Sawyers began eating people, he said the idea came from Earl, who had, who had at some point been in the army. Do not ask me which war. If the man's age is to believe, it could have been the end of the fucking American Civil War for all we knew. So he had to eat people in the army. Okay, the story goes... That Earl and his unit were trapped in a foxhole, blocked by the enemy and reinforcements were a few days away. Rations were scarce and once they ran low, the unit resigned themselves to the fact that to stay alive, they'd have to start eating each other. So every few days, straws were drawn and one unlucky soul was sacrificed for the good of the unit. Holy God. I thought that their death rate would be like one a day so you wouldn't have to kill anybody. <laughs> well, they were well hidden, well locked in. They just um, couldn't get any help. You know, They okay. would have starved to death before they would have been shot. So Earl was no stranger to the taste of human flesh. And being that he had already wasn't exactly an upstanding and decent human being, being a pedo and all that, what came next was no big stretch for him. Their first suspected victim was the slaughterhouse manager where the Sawyers had worked for years. The manager, whose name I can't find anywhere, I've searched everywhere, but it just won't come up for me, went missing not long after Earl's exit from the factory. The Sawyers were long suspected of his disappearance, but it could never be proven and went down as a cold case. The slaughterhouse eventually shut its doors due to dwindling dwindling population and by proxy dwindling farms, cattle and workers. And before long, the once quiet industrial suburb of rural Texas became a ghost town, filled with only dilapidated farmhouses and an empty slaughterhouse and an old filling station. Due to the dwindling population and their reclusivity, little is known about the Sawyers pre-1973, but it is said that the area around their farmhouse became kind of like a Bermuda Triangle of Texas. Travelers who ventured through the area regularly went missing with no trace ever found them again. And no one found that suspicious. Like they didn't think to go investigate the only family left living in the area. We're talking about post-war America up until the 80s. No social media, no internet, no phones. Missing adults were often chalked up as runaways who wanted to cut ties with their past and start fresh. Mm. Now, as I said, over the years, Anne and Earl had six to seven children together. They are as follows. Drayton Sawyer, first child, born 1920. Nubbins and Robert Chaptop Sawyer, second and third children, twins, born 1945. Presumed but not proven, Bubba Leatherface Sawyer, supposed fourth child, born 1947. Alfredo Sawyer, fifth child, born 1948. Tinker Sawyer, aka W.E. Slaughter, sixth child, born 1949. Edward Tex Sawyer, seventh child, born 1958. And Wilmer Sawyer, eighth and last child of Anne and Earl, born 1969. Where do you think they found the name Alfredo? <laughs> I wondered the exact same thing. <laughs> Do they have Italian ancestry? Uh, I don't know about that, but you want to know why Wilmer was the last child? Oh, okay. So Anne, sick of having her now extremely old and decrepit father on top of her, decided to take it upon herself to 
sterilise uh, Earl and well castrate Earl and sterilise herself uh, I don't know exactly how she did it but it, she it happened with Michelle Michelle what's her name I can't remember she was the third survivor uh, where she said uh, and basically said something about burning down there oh clothes hanger yeah yeah something along those lines and basically she she made it clear that she had sterilised herself and grandfather cauterised her tubes basically by herself but um uh, after she did that somebody else took over building the family line but we'll get to that a little later as well uh, so, like, what's the deal with Bubba? You'll be dancing around it since last week's episode. Like, is he a real person or not? Uh, just a little more patience before I get into the conspiracy angle. I want to tell you the story of Michelle Shatner. Michelle Shatner, that was the name I was looking for. <laughs> Benny Forey, who, from 1990. Uh, then we get into Wilmer and JD and the whole fucked up experiment that might or might not be taking place. Hurry up. <laughs> <laughs> so... It's the summer of 1990 and teenager Michelle Shatnell and her boyfriend Ryan, both, 19, both 18, sorry, are driving cross-country from California to Florida to return a borrowed car to a family member. The trip had been relatively uneventful, but as they got close to Dallas, they noticed the traffic, the traffic began to pile up. They later found out that the traffic jam was the result of an excavation that was taking place up ahead. Mm-hmm. You see, the police had unearthed a body pit, a mass grave holding anywhere up to 70 bodies. And this wasn't the first one either. A few months earlier, a similar mass grave was discovered in Dawny Trey with another 30 bodies recovered. That's in and around 100 dead for those of you keeping count. Yes, it's safe to say the Sawyer boys were at it again and in a big, big way. So taking a little detour, Michelle and Ryan found themselves at a rural rest stop in the middle of nowhere, Texas. The last chance gas station. A gas station the owner inherited from his brother. That owner being Alfredo Sawyer, brother of former owner Drayton Sawyer. It's here they also met a hitchhiker known as Tex. Edward Tex Sawyer, yeah? I can't get nothing past you. So, (laughs) basically what happened here was uh, they stopped for gas. Mm. Tex and Alfredo are there. Mm. Tex is kind of playing like he is just a drifter. Okay. He's looking for a lift. He, not a Sawyer, doesn't give him the name Sawyer, just gives him the name Tex. Yeah. Michelle obviously needs to take it, needs to use the bathroom. They've been driving for a while. Yeah. She asks Alfredo where the bathroom is. He's filling up the car. She goes into the bathroom. Mm. No, while she's in the bathroom, Alfredo sneaks back into his shop front okay. where he has a little peephole. Uh, and he starts peeping through to watch Michelle go pee-pee and poo-poo. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Tex catches him in the act and tells Michelle and gets into a bit of a scuffle with Alfredo. Okay. Um, Alfredo comes running out of the shop of the gas station with a gun in hand, shotgun in hand, uh, and starts freaking out. Mm. Tex tells the two, the couple to get back in the car. He had already given um, Ryan some directions telling him it was a, you know, a fucking shortcut yeah. to where they wanted to get yeah. to. Michelle and Ryan raced down the road right down the route Tex had laid out for them. But in the process of the getaway, Ryan claims to have seen Alfredo shoot down Tex. But before they could process that, Alfredo got one shot off on them, blowing out their back window as they sped away. So the soils are back at their original stomping grounds. If Drayton's old filling station is close by, then so is the, is the, is the old Sawyer farmhouse. And not to interrupt the story, but where the fuck were these Sawyers between 1973 and 1990? 
Yeah, they were back in the original area, but not at the same house. They were a few miles on the road. Okay. Well, like, they didn't think the people of the area would start to look into them once travellers started to go get reported missing again. Obviously not, but I'll explain a little later why that might be. As far as where the rest of the Sawyer clan was up until this point, well, you have to remember, these were desperate, poverty-stricken people who felt they had no choice but to hunt to survive. Mm. That's no excuse for their actions. I mean, they could have hunted animals like man had been doing since the dawn of time, but on top of being desperate, the Sawyers were not good people to start with. They were inbred animals sired by a psychopath. Mm-hmm. They were feral wolves that hunted in packs and the Sawyers' home territory was run, running dry long ago, only allowing them to pick up scraps of food when the odd traveller was unfortunate enough to take a wrong turn into their area. The family of ten knew to survive they needed to divide and conquer, split the group to cover more ground. Mm-hmm. So it was decided the more mentally challenged brothers would stay put with Drayton at the homestead, fearing they would draw too much attention, a fear uh, fear proven correct in 1986 when Chap Top and Bubba were left to get too close to Dallas. Mm-hmm. Anne would take Alfredo and Tinker on the road with Tex and Wilmer, hitting the back roads, squatting in abandoned houses along the way, hunting, the two older, bro- the two older Sawyers teaching their younger brothers the family trade in the process. Okay. Hey! You! Yeah, you. You like the podcast? Want some more? Then head on over to our Patreon page where for just five euro a month you get up to 12 extra shows in that month along with piles of mini-sodes covering fun facts from the world of horror and true crime. Each week we drop multiple shows such as Real Monsters where we look at the inspiration behind the movie killers or Behind the Mask where we take a look at the influential people and happenings in the world of Hollywood. All this, plus movie reviews, watch-alongs, and regular AMAs. That means ask me anything. You really do get a bang for your buck. And, and by bang, I mean, like, podcast. I'm not soliciting or anything. Shit. Um, moving on. For just five euro a month, all this could be yours. So head on over to www.patreon.com forward slash IAAPod. That's www.patreon.com forward slash IAAPod. And start listening now. The couple drove down the darkened road for miles, surely at this point far enough away from the crazy Alfredo to relax and compose themselves. What they didn't know, though, was not long after they took off, another sawyer was hot in their tail, and as they drove along the rural road, the bright headlights of a pickup truck blinded them. It picked up speed, clipping at them from behind. Then just as it was about to pass the couple, by bang! A coyote carcass smashed through their windscreen, causing them to swerve to a stop, puncturing their tyre in the process. Now, they had to pull over in this situation. Do you think you could manage this, pulling over in this situation? Mm, no. <laughs> this is your <laughs> like, second yeah. encounter with a psycho sire in the same area. Did they have to pull over? Oh, the tyre's fucked. I mean, mm. once the tyre goes, you have to. Like, There's no if, buts, or maybe it's about you're just going to destroy the wheel. I mean, they could have, but it would have been fucked and they would have gotten caught down the line anyway. Yeah, so anyway, it looked, and it looked like the pickup truck was gone. Okay. So they pulled over and they start, you know, fucking, it's dark. No phones back in this time, so it's just the yeah. normal flashlight. Like, and Michelle is holding the flashlight for uh, Ryan, trying to 
get this mm. done as quick as he fucking possibly right. can. But she said she could hear something coming in the background and it was all black. It was just dark. It's a rural background. It's like around where we live here. Yeah. If we go for a walk uh, down, a back, uh, down a road here and night, it's fucking it's pitch black. black. Yeah. So they couldn't see a thing. And uh, apparently she, uh, Michelle was saying afterwards that Ryan was complaining because she kept taking the light off but she kept hearing something. So she kept looking up to see. As he was. Yeah. And uh, he just got the lug nuts on but they weren't tightened and they heard the old familiar roar of get it in go I don't care what the look chain like. get fucking saw go and it's Leatherface Leatherface attacks they freak out they try to get it to the car he fucking hacking at them Michelle claims <laughs> I don't know how we managed it. I, this is hulking strength here okay. that he was holding on to the back of the car when they tried to drive off and literally ripped the trunk off of the back of the car as they drove away hi now are we talking about like the thing at the bottom of the trunk that comes off if you like get the, 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 the door, like the door, like oh, I thought you meant half the car away. No, no, no literally half. like the door of the trunk off, ripped it off oh, as they were driving. Oh, okay. But they got away, okay. okay? Yeah. So, but as they're getting away, obviously in a panic, mm. they're turning the corner. There's this other car, car coming at them, mm. and they crash into it. Well, they don't crash into it. They, 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 they kind of fucking swerve off the road and they see it and crash off into a ditch. Okay. But the guy in the car, he's good enough to stop. His yeah. name was Benny Forey. He was a retired soldier and a survivalist on his way back from a camping trip with his militia-style buddies. Mm. When he, um, so he crashed into Michelle and knocking them from the road into a nearby brush. He got a couple free from their car only to discover the terrifying details that led to their encounter. So now... He is listening to this, these two, and they're fuck. Well, no, Michelle's kind of all of it. And Ryan is ranting and fucking raving. There's this madman with a fucking chainsaw after us. His brother had a gun. He was shooting at us. You know, he's losing his mind. He said, "We're being hunted. We're being hunted." Mm-hmm. Benny, whose truck was still up on the road, he ran up there to see if he could get any help. Okay. Well, Benny believed him. He, he it's not like he didn't believe him. Benny, he was also he was tooled up. He was going up to his <laughs> truck to get some weapons. The like, way you know? I'd see it was, I'd have no choice but to believe them. I'm not not going to believe oh, yeah, them yeah, in yeah. America in pitch black. So Benny heads up, and when he gets to the main road, he sees that there are flares along the road. Okay. Like someone, like the cops do when there's an accident, do you know, mm. they put down flares so people can see and they can yeah. get around them. Uh, but at the end of these, this row of flares, he meets Tinker Sawyer, no. who is the guy who was in the truck that ran the couple off oh. the road to start with. Now, Tinker is playing up like he just saw that they were in a bit of trouble and he's got a truck with a winch on it and he'll get them out, you know, no hassle and all mm-hmm. this shit. Benny's a little smarter than that. And Benny kind of, you know, he's talking to him. He realizes something's weird here. He, he knew, you know, that the kids had already told them, you know, they were being chased down. So Benny said, all right, yeah, I just got to get something from the car. Goes over, starts loading up his fucking gun, you yeah. know, his machine gun. Yeah. Before he could get it loaded, Tinker, also knowing what was going on, charged at him in the car. Fucking knocking Benny's car off the fucking road and barely missing Benny. Oh, I thought it was Benny. So Benny knows off in the woods as well, away from Michelle and Ryan at this point. Okay, so they're all trying to get away. If Benny didn't realise the trouble he was in yet, he was soon about to find out. Because after being forced back into the wooded wilderness by Tinker, Benny stumbled across a girl. Mm. I say stumbled across, but Leatherface was actively hunting Michelle, Ryan and Benny. Mm. He was about to catch up with Benny when this mystery girl caused a distraction, sending Benny, or sending Bubba, sorry, not Benny, off in the wrong direction. Benny is one of the five survivors we spoke about in the last episode. Yeah. Himself and Michelle live to tell the tale, so I'll be switching between their stories as we go along. 
Okay. Now, Benny at this point had seen Leatherface, mm. he, so he knew he was around the place. Yeah. Do you know? Benny and the girl who Benny said was named Sarah got talking, and in their brief encounter, Benny learned that Sarah's whole family had been released into the woods and hunted down by the Sawyer family. She was the last surviving member, having watched her sister being murdered just earlier that day. Oh. When Benny inquired as to why she didn't head for the road and leave, she explained that the family watched the roads, leading people from the roads into their sick little hunting ground. Yikes. Now, assuming that the mass grave sites in Dony Train outside Dallas was the work of the Sawyers, it would be safe to say that they had plenty of practice hunting and knew the wooded area like the back of their hands. Because of this, it didn't take uh, long for Leatherface to hunt down and kill Sarah and Ryan, taking Ryan home to the family farm to be dressed and butchered for dinner. Ryan actually got caught in a bear trap. The whole woods was booby-trapped, near impossible to escape. One, uh, <laughs> Once it was clear that Ryan was fucked, Michelle took off running, finding the Sawyer farmhouse, and just like Sally Hardesty, made the mistake of not questioning just who might live inside there in the area inhabited by cannibalistic psychopaths. No, she went inside, right? Mm-hmm. And went straight up the stairs, as they all seem to do in these situations. I don't know why they go up the stairs to hide. You're cornering yourself. But she went upstairs and she went into a room and mm. she found a little girl, tw- reckoned to be about 12. Okay. The little girl was sitting there having a tea party with a little doll that she called Sally. Sally Hardesty. Oh. There was bones and skeleton, like skulls, bones around the room, and she had toys made out of these bones. She looked like a pristine little child, according yeah. to Michelle. No, yeah. again, Michelle, only person in the world to have ever seen this child. The child was real friendly with her, real nice with her. They were talking. She was going to try and get the kid out of there. Mm. Next thing she knows, the child stabs her with a piece of fucking uh, sharpened bone <gasps> right in the leg. She stumbles backwards right into the arms of Tex, the hitchhiker she thought had been killed earlier that day. Okay. Yep. So, so now she realises she is well and truly fucked. <laughs> <laughs> Just like Sally and Stretch before her, Michelle found herself bound to a chair in a kitchen dining room at the Sire, ho- at the sire home. <laughs> the kitchen dining room must have had to downsize after the whole chilly business scandal of 86. Yeah, business was slow. They couldn't afford to have the two separate rooms anymore. It was all compact. I can't imagine. <laughs> after Anne appears, Michelle begs for help but is ignored. A man that Michelle said went by Tinker appeared at the doorway, dragging the badly injured but not dead Ryan, whom he and Tex proceeded to suspend upside down by the ankles with a pair of meat hooks. What? Like hooks through the ankles? Yep. Fuck. <laughs> if that's not enough, after they hooked Ryan up, Tex took two large nails and used them to make sure Michelle wouldn't be able to go anywhere. They had learned from their brother's mistakes and their girl wouldn't get away. He drove the nails through each of her hands, sticking her to the wooden chair she was already bound to by rope, then gagged her to keep her quiet. Now, the kitchen scene this time went a little bit different from the last few times. Mm. Grandpa was there. Okay. <laughs> Apparently still alive at this stage. They're, they're, they're claiming he was alive at this stage. But, okay. I don't know who's claiming. Michelle's claiming he was alive at this stage. No one else is claiming he was alive. Oh, at this I'm stage. not disputing anybody's claiming he was, he's alive. He was definitely his body. He's actually freaking alive. Because they reckon it's the body that was brought with Leatherface from, oh, the, from uh, Texas okay. Battleland. So he's sitting there. Anne is sitting there. And Tinker and Tex are in there. 
Mm-hmm. Tinker apparently decided, apparently fucking, uh, they were going on like fucking, the way they talked about Leatherface was like he was like an angry teenager. <laughs> and he had grown his hair out as well. He had long hair at this point. Okay. And they were like, you know, he'd been cranky and bitchy around the place. So Tex had bought him a new chainsaw. Yeah. Michelle said this thing was huge. Okay. But across it, I don't know if you remember in the last episode, I said Drayton Sawyer once said, the saw oh, is yes. family. Yeah. And that's what they had engraved on the side of this new chainsaw. Fancy. Saw is family. So uh, this was a present for Leatherface. Bubba. Make me not want to use the uh, chainsaw <laughs> if they got it engraved for me. No, it didn't buy him much love for very long yeah. because apparently at this time as well, Bubba has started getting into music. Yeah. So he'd be walking around with his headphones. Well, uh, Michelle said he was walking around with headphones on that day. Okay. And Does she know what he was listening to? Uh, she didn't say no. She was terrified. She was fucking after getting her hands nailed into a fucking chair. So. <laughs> she said that. She saw her get, him getting into an argument with Tinker, and Tinker threw his Walkman into a uh, into the oven, and then Bubba grabbed Tinker and stuck his face in the fucking oven. <laughs> and then when uh, Tex kind of got involved, he took his head out and put his hand in and forced him to pick up the. Why ain't you fucking yeah. so old at the shit? Ah, he's good hand too because Tex had a hook on the other hand. Did he? <laughs> yeah. Oh. So it was his good hand that what he happens? let him do it with. Do we know how it but happened? No, no. There's no real, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Quick and easy dinner. <laughs> Couldn't get to the shop from there. <laughs> anyway, so like I said, Ryan was hanging upside down here. This dude wasn't dead yet. Okay. And this is where the real fucked up part comes in. Okay. Because again, like we said... We don't really know a whole pile about this Babby situation. This Babby Sawyer, yeah, this 12-year-old girl. Yeah. But Michelle said she came in and Leatherface was one being real fatherly to her. She came over to Leatherface, kissed him on the cheek, and then went yeah. over and joked with the... Or actually started to scold her two maybe supposed uncles. Okay. Uh, that it was her turn that they had promised that she would be could get do the next one. So they agreed that her being 12 years old, it was she was old enough to do the next one. Next one being finishing off Ryan. And they had this machine set up. So the sledgehammer was now like hooked up into the on the roof. Yeah. And basically there was a lever and you released it and the, 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 the sledgehammer would just swing down. And the way Ryan was hung upside down, it would land right in his head. So, kind of like a slaughterhouse kind of Exactly. Yeah. Well, again, that's is, what yeah. the fucking Sawyers did like. Yeah. So uh, it was Babby, Beth. Kill Ryan in the end by pulling the lever. Go away. Well, that's what Michelle claims. Again, we have no evidence that this little child even exists. A ship and kill my 12 year old. <laughs> so while all this was going on inside, Benny was still outside surveying yeah. the land. He came across Alfredo disposing of body parts in the swampy grounds around the farm. Benny said he had a brief confrontation and then Benny knocked him hard in the head, knocking him into the swamp. Benny was pretty sure Alfredo was dead from that crack. Bye-bye, Alfredo, you creep. <laughs> Benny made his way up to the farm as the chaos inside continued. Unknown to the family inside, Benny was tooling up and once he was locked and loaded, he let loose on the house, putting holes in Tinker and killing Anne and finally officially putting an end to the corpse of Earl. Sawyer blowing it to fucking pieces. So did he die in 86 then? Like, this was just his corpse they had in the room. Like they kept Nubbins and Grandma Sawyer corpses. Maybe, maybe not. Michelle swears she saw blood come from him when he was hit. But it's a traumatic and chaotic experience and memories aren't always the most reliable yeah. sources. Now I will add as well that uh, 
Bubba had a bit of an attachment to his mother, so he was not overly thrilled at the death of Mama Sawyer. Once the shooting stopped and while everyone was down, Michelle sucked it up and ripped her hands from the nails that held her in place. She stabbed Tex to get past him and ran to join Benny, Leatherface hot in her heels, as Tex stayed behind to deal with Benny. As they fought by Tinker's truck, Benny noticed that the fuel tank of the truck was leaking, pushing Tex into the line of fire as they struggled back and forth. Now, something I left out a little earlier was, mm. when Benny met Sarah, the girl in the woods, yeah. Benny wanted a cigarette. Mm. And he had no light. But Sarah had a lighter. Okay. So she gave him the light and he lit up the cigarette. Now, Sarah, I think, because of her family being killed, had kind of resigned herself to she was going with him, you yeah, know? Yeah. And she told him he could keep the lighter. Okay. Ah, mm. he burned text <laughs> with the lighter. Exactly. Karma. Every yeah. time they were in the fight, every time they got close, he pushed them further into the, 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 the oil as it was pouring out. Yeah. And then before, you know, Tex realised what was going on, yeah. it was too late, and Benny just lit up through the lighter and... <laughs> Tex went up in flames. So with Tex down, Benny raced to help Michelle, who was still running through the booby-trapped woods, stalked by the monster Leatherface. Benny said he got there just in time and out of pure instinct tackled Bubba, knocking him into a bog and saving Michelle in the process. Benny went with him, causing Michelle to believe he was also dead. She took off back to the main road, the sun beginning to rise and the nightmare appearing to be over. As she sat by an abandoned tire, she got a fright as she saw Alfredo's truck pull up in front of her, but was relieved to see it was only Benny who had managed to free himself from the bog and was ready to spin them the fuck out of there. But before they could celebrate their survival, Alfredo did attack, trying to grab Benny who managed to dodge him, allowing Michelle a clear shot with a shotgun to the chest, killing Alfredo once and for all. As they rushed off in Alfredo's truck, they swore they could see the hulking image of Leatherface come out of the brush to grab his brother's body to bring it home again. But again, investigation into the incident went nowhere. Earl, Anne and Tex's bodies were found on the farm. Alfredo was found shot on the road, again putting the existence of Leatherface in question since both the survivors claimed to see him move Alfredo's body. And again, no sign of Bubba, Tinker or Babby. Babby, never to be heard of again. But I have my own theories that we will get into again a little later. Originally, the police wanted to say it was a copycat situation, but DNA evidence proved the familiar link between Alfredo Texan and to that of Drayton Nubbins and Chop Top. They also found evidence on the farm to link them of the body pits now attributing over 100 murders to the Savage Sawyer clan. Okay, it's honesty time. We have a confession to make. We suck at socials! No good at Insta! Can't send a tweet, or an X, or whatever that super villain looking motherfucker is calling it now. Stick to your space cars, Elon! But we know, you wanna chat. You wanna be kept updated. You wanna be alive alive all the goddamn time. So we're getting down from the anti-social soapbox and giving this a try. So come chat to us on Insta and Twitter at AliveAlivePod or hit us up by email at itsalivealivepod at gmail.com. We want to hear from you. Tell us what you like, what you don't like. This is a project. It's still a work in progress and we just want to give you more of what you like and less of what you can't stand. So give us a like, give us a follow. We'll always hit you back and we'll always try to reply to everyone. So come say hi. We don't bite. Well... At least Amy doesn't. And she keeps me well fed, so you got nothing to worry about. Now, back to the show! <laughs>
I pointed out in the last episode that sometimes the brothers swapped names or took the names of dead relatives in order to confuse survivors and cops. Sometimes they did it though because they had no choice. And APB was out for Tinker Sawyer with a pretty good description of him to go along with it. He was out alone with Bubba again in hiding and going by Walter Edwards Slaughter. He lost weight and simplified his look to make him blend in a bit better. He also replaced his hook with a prosthetic hand. The Sawyer clan was shrinking and he only had one more line of defence. The youngest of the Sawyer clan, Wilmer Sawyer. But like Drayton had to stay low and wait while Chop Top finished his tour of service, Tinker and Bubba would have to stay low for four years while Wilmer completed his time in the armed forces. His time wasn't quite like Chop Top's. See, Wilmer didn't see a whole lot of what you would call conventional action. No, you see, once the army realised the young man's lineage, he got assigned to a special group, an experimental unit, or as Wilmer taught, a super soldier sleeper programme. Is this the MK Ultra crazy conspiracy part of the story? Sure is. Want to tell him about it? Yep. So, in the 1950s, the US government was really scared of communism. The newly created CIA at the time was tasked with making sure their country stayed good and capitalist, while also researching ways to repel communism overseas. A lot of research was put into mind control to try and understand a few things more fully, among them the possibility that someone could be turned into a double agent without knowing it. This idea was investigated as a way to both identify communists operating here in the US and also as a possible method to infiltrate the Soviet Union with homeland spies. People born and raised as Soviets but secretly and possibly unknowingly working for the USA. This programme named MKUltra used a lot of questionable techniques as forms of research including dosing unwilling subjects with hallucinogenic drugs forcing them into unnatural and dangerous social settings to gauge their reactions, subjecting them to sensory deprivation and isolation, as well as things we now recognise as flat-out torture. All of which Wilmer Sawyer was subjected to. I mean, as if it wasn't bad enough, he was he had Sawyer genes, but now he's been mind-fucked into even deeper psychosis by the US government and trained how to do all this as well. Mm. You see, Wilmer, like, they, they put him through all... The LSD experiments, all the weird fucking social situations and all that. Yeah. But because of his family history and because of the way he had been brought up, yeah. they thought that maybe using him to put other people in those sort of situations, he would be the guy that put him in the situation rather than being in the situation. The only problem is they'd fucked Wilmer up way too much to have to him, have him. Yeah. doing what they had him doing. Okay. So when Wilmer got home, they took up residence again right outside Dallas. As I said earlier, we're down to the last of the Sawyers. Tinker, a.k.a. W.E., Wilmer and Bubba, plus Babby, who was missing, believed to have never existed by officials. So I explained the Babby situation already. The only person to say she was there is Michelle Shatner. She's the only person that I've seen this, this girl. Nobody else has seen this girl. Benny didn't see this girl. He was never really in the fucking house to see the girl. Okay. She is the only person that has interacted with with this with girl. Babby okay. and, and knows about her and can describe her. But we, again, I have a little bit more on that a little later once we're finished with Wilmer's story. Okay. Again, I'll preface this next section by saying none of this is proven. Okay. There are no bodies 
There is no evidence. This is identical to the 73 Hardesty incident. As far as the records go, the 1990 attacks were the last Sawyer attack or appearance. All we have is the testimony of one surviving witness and the missing person reports of four teens, one unknown and three friends of the survivor, Jenny. Okay. Even when it comes to Jenny, very little is known. Her her case file is marked classified, and after a brief stint of interviews with the media cataloging what happened to her, a smear campaign was launched against her, and she eventually disappeared into history. Some say she was kidnapped and killed. Some say she ran away to start fresh, away from the ugly media attacks. Some say she was reprogrammed and rehomed somewhere far away. But the truth is, we don't know. Like, why do they treat her like that? Survivors have spoken out before. Like, why take such a different approach with Jenny? But this is how they dealt with it in the past. The Sally Hardesty incident was nearly identical and probably would have went down the same way if Catatonia didn't keep her quiet and eventually eliminate her from the equation. Remember, for fucking 13 years after the Sally Hardesty incident... They pretended like nothing happened. Yeah. They pretend every time something weird happened in the back roads of Texas, they ignored it. They put it down to accidents, mistakes, you yeah. know, just missing people just running away. Mm. So, I mean, this is, I would say the 1990 incident and the stretch incident will be the, the, the ones that are the anomalies, the, the ones that stand out. The thing about the 1986 thing is Stretch got to the local police first, who got to the incident first, mm. which made it harder to cover up. Yeah. And then Drayton had to take the fall for that because they had been caught. Mm-hmm. The 1990 incident, you're talking about the same thing. Michelle got to the fucking local police before anybody could come in to clean up the mess. Yeah. Now, someone obviously did clean up some of the mess because Babby went missing. Mm-hmm. Bubba went missing. Yeah. But... Texas body was found, obviously, so they, they weren't quick enough, you know? Yeah. And in this situation, it seems like the Sally Hardesty incident, there was time to clean up and get everybody out of there. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. So, Jenny claims this. On May 22nd, 1994, Jenny and her three friends, Barry, Heather, and Sean, were set to attend their school's prom. Heather, her friend, discovered her boyfriend Barry cheating on her with another girl and she stormed out of the dance, followed closely by Barry. Mm. Who tries to explain himself in the car as they drive away, as guys do after they get yeah. yeah. <laughs> Their argument is interrupted by Jenny and Sean, who are hiding in the backseat, smoking that sweet, sweet Mary Jane. <laughs> Heather takes a detour off the freeway, but while distracted, collides with another motorist. Ooh. The teen driver of the car climbs out of the wreck, only to pass out in the, unsu- in the ensuing confusion. Jenny, along with Heather and Barry, leave Sean to look after the unconscious motorist while they search for help. Okay. So they stop off in an office trailer where they meet Darla, an insurance agent, who promises to call her brother, a tow truck driver by the name of Wilmer. Ooh. They leave the office. her boyfriend. <laughs> yeah. Okay. They leave the office and begin heading back towards the wreck, only for Heather and Barry to become separated from Jenny in the darkness. Jenny claims she was soon picked up by Wilmer, who claimed to be on his way to help the friends. Now, she is in the truck with Wilmer. Mm-hmm. And she's slow to get in at first mm-hmm. because obviously, John Strange man, the truck, but he said, Look, I went to collect your friends, I'm going to bring you back you know, to safety and all that. Yeah. She jumps in with him. Once she gets in with him, 
he starts telling her why she was right to be cautious and you know you don't know what kind of psychopaths are out in this road and this kind of goes on and on and on and then she's getting more and more nervous and realizing oh shit I'm in a bad situation Mm -hmm. this guy's a psychopath and then he insists that she looks out the back window of his pickup truck when she looks out she sees her boyfriend Sean and the motorist who was left behind, dead in the back. Sean covered in tired mark, like oh, I had been ripped shit. up. So it looked like Wilmer had ran him yeah. the fuck over a few times. Jenny freaking out, jumped from the still moving truck and ran back to the office of Darla. I don't know why the fuck she did that, considering fucking Wilmer was her boyfriend, but yeah. she, that's where she went. Now, again, there's more to Jenny than there seems, so we'll get into that. Okay. But Wilmer had called ahead, and when Jenny returned to the office, she was ambushed by W.E. or the man I believe to be Tinker. A gunny sack was thrown over her head and she was stuffed into the trunk of Darla's car. Now, Darla is... We don't know a whole pile about her. Mm. She, again, like everybody else in the 1986 uh, incident, went fucking missing once this was all over. All we know is what Jenny has said about her, and it seemed like she was uh, very mentally unstable. Like, this sounded like a woman who had broken out of a mental asylum. She was all over the place. Sometimes she referred to Wilmer as her husband. Sometimes it was her boyfriend and she was going back to her husband. She was talking about them having a chip in her head. And then if she didn't do as they said, they were going to blow her head up and all this kind of shit. She was paranoid out of her head and apparently like had a really like a violent relationship with Wilmer they'd argue and push and hit each other like at one point Wilmer was choking her inside in the kitchen and it took took Jenny to point a gun at him yeah to stop him from choking her Ooh. and then they were having they were having sex with each other two seconds later Sorry. But uh, I'll get to the gun thing in a minute as well because that was kind of cool. Yeah, so that's Darla. So we don't really know a whole pile about her bar that she's just a little crazy. And why are you so convinced that WE is Tinker? Well, look, Tinker went missing after the 94 situation, uh, the, the 1990 situation. Yeah. He wasn't found again. And when I look at the descriptions of Tinker and WE, WE mm. they both have very similar hair, similar hair lengths, similar kind of um, facial hair. Mm. The only real difference between the two of them was a bit of weight in the name. And, the ch- and obviously he changed his style a little bit. Yeah. W.E. is known as the name that was used on the deed for the gas station. The Drayton okay. had bought. And it's the name he had died under. Mm. W.E. Slaughter, we actually joked, was the name tag they had on the overalls at the, <laughs> the gas station. So I reckon he took that name to hide his identity because obviously like I said local cops got but it got there before whoever was cleaning up the Sawyer's mess the local cops got there first uh, so Tinker would uh, his name would have been said to the cops by Michelle they, they would have gotten a good description of Tinker from Michelle okay. I reckon this is just him using paying homage to his brother mm-hmm. and using this name and this joke name that they like to use because they were all going by slaughter at this point Mm. Wilmer was slaughtered as well they knew the Sawyer name was Dirt at this point so this was their way of hiding it not a very good fucking way yeah, of hiding no, it but they're all psychopaths so yeah, it yeah. is what it is yeah. <laughs> once they got back to the house Jenny discovered Heather alive but badly injured and barely conscious she had been impaled in the back seeing as it's the Sawyers I bet anything she was hung up or the meat hook. <laughs> yeah, probably. Jenny said Wilmer ranted and raved about the government, the Illuminati, and quote, the voices, eyes, and ears in the walls. Ooh. Apparently, he had some issues with his legs as well, and he had fashioned these almost like robotic leg braces that he used, used uh, he controlled using like uh, old universal TV remote controls. 
Fuck, this story is way stranger and wilder than the, the last few cyber crimes. See, that's why you can see why some people don't really believe it, mm. do you know? But again, we'll get into it. So while he was, he, this kind of was fucking up, his he's, he's knee braces, and at the same time he was arguing with Darla. Yeah. And he uh, pinned Darla up against the wall, like I said, and he was choking her. And I mean, mm. like, choking her out. Okay. Did he have her up against the wall or he had her on the ground with his foot in her throat? Mm. That was it. And he had the, the machine, you know, the, yeah. the, the, the robotic legs, so the extra pressure going down. And she was you know, going purple. Yeah. He didn't realise that he'd left his gun down. Jenny picked it up and pointed it at him mm. and started to threaten him. Okay. Fucking Wilmer was a cool customer. He didn't give a fuck. He basically took the barrel of the gun, put it to his head and said, go right ahead. But it had... It did make him take his foot off of uh, off of Darla's neck. Okay. So Jenny took a shot. Mm. Didn't go off. Nothing mm. happened. There was nothing in it. He grabbed okay. the gun. He shot it again. A bullet went off. So it was one bullet away. So it was just luck. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> where's Boba through all this? Boba. Yeah, I suppose we haven't spoken a whole pile about Boba since then. Um, see, this is the thing about Jenny's tale. As you said yourself, this is all a bit mental. Mm. A bit over the top. Mm-hmm. The reason Jenny's story was so hard to believe was although it held similarities to the other Sawyer attacks, there were enough small changes and what was seen as embellishments that it was easy to dismiss as a hoax, despite the four missing teens again. Okay. One of the major discrepancies was the description of Leatherface. Mm-hmm. All other su- survivors described Bubba as a hulking monster who growled like a bear and squealed like an angry pig. He was vicious, bloodthirsty and showed little to no emotion. Although never the alpha of the clan, he was always the go-to heavy, but not this time. Jenny described a cross-dressing, shrill-voiced, emotional mess of a man, or at this point, possibly a woman. Bubba appeared to be transitioning, and in the process, the once unstoppable killer seemed frailer, tamer, almost like a beaten dog, flinching at every move of his more dominant and controlling younger brothers. What might cause the change in Bubba? Well, see, I have a theory. Mm-hmm. Now, like I said, Bubba was very attached to his mother. Yeah. No, but again, Bubba always had some little bits of femininity in him. I mean, we still heard Sally Harrisy say, even from the the very get-go, that he caked his face in makeup Mm. for special occasions. Yeah. But in this case, I believe that it seemed like there was a hierarchy in the the Sawyer family. You know, you you went up the ladder as they died, you know? Because even by the time the 1990 incidents were coming around, Leatherface or Bubba, seemed to be above his younger brothers at that point he he still wasn't making plans because he wasn't smart enough to do Mm, it but he had a bit of control in the family he was seen as the a little bit more of the alpha alpha. I think that when Anne was killed it fucking crushed him Mm, okay and then I think he decided to take it upon himself to take her position in the family yeah I think that that's when he started to become more feminine, where he, where he decided he was going to be the matriarch of the Sawyer family, mm. especially when you had Wilmer coming back in, who was a fucking huge personality. Yeah. John, who was going to fill the room, who was dominant. Wilmer, even though he was the youngest, would have been in charge of that family, even if all the Sawyers were still alive. Yeah. Do you know? Yeah. The, the best way to describe it is, you know, we, we watch Kin. I don't know if people know what Kin is. It's an Irish... Uh, Crime drama. Crime drama. Really, really fucking good. Mm. But it would be like um, Viking and his dad. 
Do you know? Mm. Where yeah, is yeah. The, 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 the smart one who knows what they're doing and the fucking absolute lunatic who just he wants just to... He thinks he knows fire. what he's going to do and he's yeah. going to walk in and take charge. And that's what Wilmer would. Wilmer would be like Viking. Okay. So I reckon that yeah, he was just having some mommy issues. And mm. uh, I think as well, you know, age was starting to play a part. I mean, he's in his 50s at this point. He's been through a lot. He's watched his brothers being killed. He's mentally has to be getting destroyed as yeah. time goes by as well. Yeah. You know, getting worse and worse and worse oh, and worse. Yeah, and deeper and deeper and deeper. And, deeper. and then on top of that, he's now hanging out with fucking Wilmer, who could have him on anything. anything. This man could be, you know, tripping on LSD every fucking day and acid every day. Yeah. That's what would part of the MK Ultra just to build on the experience that they were trying to create okay. so I mean you know, there's some of my theories as to why Boba might have started to go in that direction okay so far there's been no mention of eating any humans in fact before Darla returned to the farm with Jenny she stopped and bought a stack of pizzas to bring home Descriptions are dodgy and the story is similar to before, but with a little more crazy zany shit thrown in. All we're missing now is dinner and we're just getting to that now. Jenny said she was held in place by W.E. I'm just going to call him W.E. because that's what he was calling himself at the Mm. time. At the dinner table. She was joined by the corpses of the family who previously occupied the house before it was commandeered by Wilmer. Heather sat beside her, still alive but barely holding on. The usual torture ensued with the family bragging about being part of a special Illuminati sanctioned project. What? No idea. No, when I say they were torturing as well, I mean, like, they didn't lay a hand on Jenny. Okay. Uh, I mean, Wilmer might have backhanded her once or twice, but there was no actual, like, you know, near-death violence. Yeah, yeah. They set Heather on fire right in front of her. Not okay. fire, fire, but, like, you know, a lighter fluid on her back and yeah. then threw a lighter and then, you know, fucking she ran into a wall screaming and then I think it was, I think Jenny said Darla put her out with a fucking... Uh, Fire extinguisher. Fire extinguisher. Mm. So, I mean, and that's another weird side to this because the, 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 the Sawyers wouldn't have given a fuck. No. Well, Darla wasn't really a Sawyer, so I don't know. You know. It's just a strange situation. So while the family reveal that they are employed by a secret society to terrorise people that may cross their path, a sophisticated-looking man named Only Rotman arrived unexpectedly. Mm-hmm. He appeared to be the employer Wilmer was speaking about and reprimanded Wilmer for his methods. For his methods. Yeah, he didn't like the way he was doing things mm. or he was making the experience. Okay. So again, this links back to the same culture thing yeah. where we were talking about these situational experiences put people under severe pressure and see how they react mm. and all this. But I also have another theory on that and I'll get to that in a minute. Okay. After Rotman leaves, Wilmer flies into a rage, slashing himself with a razor and killing Heather by crushing her skull oh, under his cybernetic shit. leg before knocking WE unconscious with a hammer by accident. His robot leg malfunction causing him to jolt WE was just unlucky enough to be in the way of the hammer he was holding <laughs> oh, Jenny said she used a distraction to escape running like Sally Hardesty into the morning daylight pursued again like Sally by Leatherface and his psychotic brother she said she made it to the road where she flagged down a couple in a camper van when they saw the chainsaw wielding monster chasing her they stopped just long enough to let her in but before they could make a getaway Wilmer crashed into the RV with his truck knocking it on its side Jenny said she again took off running with Wilmer and Bubba now chasing her down the open road. So a bit I left out, right? Mm. That brings in more of this secret society weird Illuminati shit. Mm. When Rotman arrived at the house, yeah. he kind of tried to calm Jenny. Okay. 
keep her relaxed and he said this isn't the way I wanted this done this isn't the right way you're not doing it right mm. he then unbuttoned his shirt to reveal a lot of these like weird kind of scarification kind of designs Ooh. on his chest and piercings across his stomach across his stomach yeah okay he then walked over and licked Jenny's face okay and left okay left but he kind of again reprimanded um, Wilmer on the way up now, as okay. Wilmer was chasing down Jenny mm. on the road and let her face behind him, mm. a plane, a little plane, like one of these small one one or two man plane, mm. flew past. Okay. And then turned around, flew again and got low and mm. clipped Wilmer right in the top of the head. Oh. Killing him on the spot. Letterface didn't know what to do. Yeah. Bubba was shocked, standing there just staring. Of course you would be. And a limo pulls up. Jenny gets into the limo and rots, Rotman is inside in the limo. And he again says, this isn't the way we wanted this to go on. It wasn't the right way for this to happen. Okay. And say, asked her, did she want to go to the police? Did she want to go to the hospital? He'd bring her wherever. Okay. And he did. And she went and she explained everything to the police. Yeah. Now, we talked about the Illuminati, right? Mm-hmm. Or the, the MK Ultra, not the Illuminati, MK Ultra Project. Yeah. And we were saying about sleeper programs and mm-hmm. we were talking about um, these social situations to be put in mm. and we were talking about you know just in general like the mind control and all this kind of thing yeah this is my own theory so i'm not i'm not i want that to be this is an editorial this is yeah. not fact i have a theory because babby was born on the exact same year as jenny mm. and there is no real record of jenny before the age of 12 mm. That when whoever was running, whoever was dealing with whatever was going on with the Sawyers, I think that everything that happened from 1976 to 19 or 1973 to 1986, mm. that was the Sawyers being the Sawyers. Okay. I think MK Ultra came into it when they saw Wilmer and Chop Top and all this stuff. Well, no, after Chop Top, I suppose yeah. Chop Top. When they saw Wilmer in there. Okay. And they started to realise there was more Sawyers there. Yeah. I think that's when MK Ultra came in. I think after the 1990 stuff happened, they came in, they swooped in, and they started to take control, whoever mm. this secret society was. And I think Babby was taken okay. and reprogrammed and rehomed. Yeah. I think that the possibility is that she might be Jenny. Because Jenny was never harmed throughout this whole experience. And Rotman made it clear to her that he, this isn't the way he wanted to do it. it isn't it. I think they were seeing if she could be, if she Chief was a sleeper a- agent, if this would wake her back up again. Um. Being back in the situation around Sawyers again would wake up that thing or if it had worked. Okay. I mean, was she going to be an effective sleeper agent for him going forward or had they brainwashed her enough and put her back into society that she was no longer... A Sawyer, a Sawyer at heart. Yeah, yeah. And that's what he meant by this was a failure, it was a fuck up. And at this point, they were putting an end to okay. the Sawyers. I believe the reason we didn't hear about Leatherface again or Tinker again or Darla again mm. is because Rotman had someone go in there, clean the whole fucking place up, and all of them were eliminated. Done. Okay. So that's my crazy theory on the Sawyers. Uh, do you have any other questions? I just have one. Is Bob a real or a persona made up by the brothers? I believe he was a real person. 
Uh, I think there is the possibility. I mean, they play it up on it. I mean, that he does slightly change appearance, but most of the time he's always kind of described the same way. The size-wise, mm. especially being big, being bulky, yeah. heavy, kind of, but not fat, fat, yeah. like you know, yeah. just fucking heavy set, heavy built, okay. uh, kind of farmer, you know, like the kind of. Uh, mice and men Lenny and fucking yeah. uh, the big you know, the big dude like you yeah. know and that's the way he was all described outside of the fourth encounter in 1996 okay. so I believe that yeah Bubba is a real, a real person I think he is a genuine real person he's popped up too many times but I think the Sawyers did a very good job of protecting him mm. I think he might have been a pet you know because yeah, he's the simpler yeah. I think he might have been the baby because I did hear as well like that Michelle and Jenny both claimed that he wasn't really called Bubba much around him he they'd heard him refer to as Bubba but Junior was okay. a lot of what they call him but that was weird because he's older than all of them and he wasn't he there was, was he wasn't there was no Bubba Senior mm, so I yeah. think they might have just seen him because of his mentality as being the kind of the kid brother yeah. of the family and kind of took care of him and made sure that as soon as shit went down Bubba was the first one out of there plus okay. it kind of suited them to have this scare mm. tactic this monster to, to, to take care Definitely. of business for them yeah. like, and to have their legend live on but still keep keep them away from the limelight yeah. and when you say they disappeared in 1996 but what about the attack in Harlow uh, in Texas last year like that was supposed to be a massacre with up to 50 people hacked to death by what looks like to be Leatherface. That was a hoax. A bullshit attempt to go viral as a marketing campaign to show investors for a new Ghost Town Halloween theme park attraction. Mm. So, like, they were um, playing up like it was going to be this uh, influencer haven, heaven kind of place where there'd be no violence. But that was the part of the marketing strategy. Yeah. And then, while all these influencers were there in the no-violence zone, Leatherface, who was supposed to be from oh, the area, yeah. came out and hacked them all to fucking pieces yeah. uh, obviously the people of Texas were not too happy with this so the reaction um, I mean like again you have to remember people knew about Leatherface mm. because of the 2003 movie with uh, Jessica okay. Biel yeah yeah I mean look it was a fine movie but they left out so much story it's all just a gore fest they yeah. changed their names because again the Texans weren't too mad about being directly linked to oh them. yeah but everybody knew what it was about it was yeah. called a Texas Chainsaw Massacre so I mean we, everybody knew but they changed the name to the Hewitts I think they were using Luda mm. May's name and you know it was Les Brothers the, the dinner scene wasn't happening yeah. the uh, old decrepit grandfather wasn't happening so they cleaned it up for fucking for, for, for movie yeah. but uh, the reaction was so bad from the 2022 a viral video thing that they mm. tried that the influencers in question were cancelled like super cancelled not a word has been heard from them since that viral video I searched all over the web and they have practically erased themselves from being online or did someone else erase them and maybe Leatherface still haunts the back roads of Texas oh no mm. you're getting it <laughs> so in the end are there more Sawyers out there Another generation ready to feed the story of Leatherface. Or was this just a government experiment gone wrong? An embarrassment to the elite and a secret set to die and fade into history? Does Leatherface still stalk rural Texas? Or has he been exterminated along with Tinker and Babby after the shit show that was 1996? Unfortunately for us, we may never know. But we can wait and we can see. And just like Lefty all those years before, we might get lucky and finally get another shot at justice and closure on the story of the killer cannibal clan Ooh. 
And that's it. That Enjoy is that. the story of the Sawyers. Interesting. Pings took a batshit turn. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what the fuck I believe with that fort one, yeah, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, maybe that was just a crazy girl and her crazy story. But there was missing teens there. Yeah, know? true. So, true. I don't know. You never know what to believe. But I do love this, uh, the... Uh, conspiracy shit it's always fun mm-hmm. and in a situation like this it, 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 I mean if ever it was going to be really it all sounds plausible considering does, yeah. their background and what happened for fucking so many years I mean even the 86 stuff is mental oh, yeah. that they could have been running a fucking food production company and it was human fucking mm. meat you know yeah but yeah so that was awesome definitely a lot that. of work went into that one. I just got that script done in time. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's on to the next one. But saying that, we got some good ones coming up. We do. And on top of that, like I said last week, look out this week for our new mini souls, the Creepy Past the Crypt. Mm-hmm. They will be kind of between five to ten minutes long, and they will be featuring heavily on social media, along with our Spotify feed and other podcast feeds. So that's it. We're done. We're finished. See you next week. Love you. Bye-bye.